All right, wall fans, common censors, social media world podcast consumers. Welcome to episode 74 of Go Tell to the Wall podcast. I shouldn't even be calling it episode 74 because you know what it actually is? You know what is actually going on here, Wall fans, common censors? We are celebrating the two-year, two-year anniversary of the launch of Go Tell It to the Wall podcast. That's right. Make sure you get a little clapping going on in your car, in your living room. Don't take your hands off the wheel if you're in your car. That's right. We are celebrating the two-year anniversary of Go Tell to the Wall podcast in true fashion. So tonight we've got some good reminiscing we're going to do. Also, a lot of thank yous we're going to get through and some special stuff for the two-year anniversary of Go Tell It to the Wall podcast. So don't hit that pause button. Look forward to some reminiscing, like I said, as well as the usual common sense And most likely some ranting, you know, no podcast episode is complete without some ranting. So on that note, social plugs, social plugs, which we still need, still need them. You can keep up with us between episodes because you know you're subscribed. You know you're you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, you know all that. But you can keep up with us between episodes through multiple platforms. One of those would be Twitter. Follow us on Twitter, at TellTheWallPod. That's right, at TellTheWallPod. It's even up on the wall behind me. You can barely see it on the live feed, at TellTheWallPod. Also, follow my personal Twitter account, which is at MagicMuppet. That's right, at MagicMuppet. Follow both of those. You're going to get your doses of common sense between episodes uh, and also keep up to date on when new episodes are posting, although they post the same day every week. Uh, as well as new videos going up, that good stuff. So follow us on Twitter, at Tell the Wall Pod and at Magic Muppet. Of course, we are on Facebook, still on Facebook, going live on Facebook as we speak. Uh, and you can find us there, facebook.com slash go tell it to the wall. That's right, slash go tell it to the wall, or just search go tell it to the wall. You're going to find us on Facebook as well, like our page, keep up to date on all that good stuff. And as I mentioned before, our YouTube channel, YouTube channel, going to find all kinds of awesome videos up there, including the videos of the actual live feeds that get posted up there like two days after the actual live feed on Facebook occurs. Uh, So make sure you head on over to YouTube, search Go Tell to the Wall, subscribe to our page, like the videos, watch the videos, dislike the videos, comment on them, have fun, do whatever you do. I'm not huge on the YouTube stuff. It's really all about the, the, the soothing tones of my voice that are coming your way through this, the audio portion of this podcast. Uh, but we will persist and we continue doing those things. Now, if you're having trouble finding any of those things, any of those things that I just mentioned, you can find all of them and more over at SeanO'RourkeLive.com. That's right, www.SeanO'RourkeLive.com. Figure out how to spell O'Rourke and Sean is spelled the correct way. Yes, I'm Irish figure that out as well he should know come on come on figure it out uh so make sure you head on over to sean o'rourke live.com bookmark it check back often blog posts all that good stuff photos you're not going to see anywhere else just content you're not going to see anywhere else kind of your one-stop shop uh, for all the things i just mentioned uh so head on over there and of course we have our patreon page you can access our patreon page uh, through SeanOrourkeLive.com, through Facebook, it's posted up there. I don't believe it's actually on Twitter. I, we probably should share something on Twitter. Uh, it's also embedded on our YouTube channel. 
So you can head on over there, support the show financially. Every dollar helps. Help us out. Keep us going. Keep us afloat. Help us with new concepts, new gear, whatever it might be. Uh, And you can do so through Patreon or Indiegogo campaign. Both those you're going to be able to find through SeanOrWorkLive.com or on YouTube, like I mentioned, as well as Facebook. And uh, if you scroll down on Twitter, I'm sure you will find it. It's I think it's just been a little while since uh, since we posted anything up there. I need someone to just literally handle social posts for me. Like, that would be great. Uh, so help us out on Patreon, and then we'll get a little more social. Although it's funny because the majority of our audience is not the millennial crowd, so they're not using a ton of social media. It, it's funny seeing the difference in the numbers uh, when it comes to subscribers and unique listens versus like people that are actually engaging on social media, yeah, we don't. We're not a social media user heavy fan base. I guess we don't have a huge social media heavy fan base, uh, but it is what it is. I, I get it. It's funny because it, like I was I was tormented by it for a long time, not a long time. I was tormented for by it for a while because I kept looking at subscription numbers and unique listen numbers going up, 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 like often hitting the 10,000 mark. And then social media numbers are like 150. And it's like, oh, okay, well, there's a clear difference there. But as I thought about my actual, like my personal friends that listen to the podcast, uh, many of our avid listeners that are also close, close personal friends literally just don't use social media, like don't at all. A few of them don't even have social media accounts and so really that's what what the differentiation in the numbers it's kind of amazing how that happens uh you know you have you have social media users kind of in one bucket and then uh podcast consumers in another bucket and really i would like to say common sense consumers in one bucket and it's a bit of a venn diagram and there's not as much crossover as you would think now i know like hassan piker and stuff has a huge crossover but he's like in his 20s and all everyone just loves him because he's attractive and says smart things that are really just as intelligent as what we say over here at Go Tell It's a Wall podcast, uh, but he gets that millennial crowd. And now we have gotten tangented for the two-year anniversary special uh, really in the first, like, five minutes of the show. Uh, that's going to happen. Uh, beer this week. Beer this week. We've got a special beer this week. Let me grab it. It's actually sitting over here uh, so I can show it to the live feed people. We've actually got a nice uh, delirium. It's a delirium red Belgian ale, delirium red. It comes in one of those fancy bottles. It's like ridiculously thick, uh, and it's of course corked. Now, I I joked and I joked about it on the teaser. So last year when we did the one year anniversary special, uh, I had a nice bottle of Belgian ale. I believe that was a Golden Drock uh, bottle that we had last year. Not important, but I had loosened the cork a little bit with the thought that it would be fun to actually pop the cork during the live feed. As I was talking to the live feed for the one-year anniversary special, which was a year about a year ago, uh, the cork decided to go flying on its own. Beer went flying everywhere. It was a whole big ordeal. So this year, I stood in my kitchen and uncorked the actual uh, Belgian ale before I came into the studio just to avoid any of that kind of madness. Uh, so, so we do have a nice delirium red Belgian ale. Drinking it out of my nice little chalice-type glass here. I don't know. It's good, but I found I'm not a huge Belgian ale fan. It's just fancier, <laughs> so that's why we do it for like the anniversary specials, because uh, then it has a cork. I thought about doing champagne, and it's like, ah, man, champagne. What is that? You do a cork beer, so we do a cork beer. Uh, but if you're into Belgian ales, uh, or if you enjoy them occasionally, like I do, Delirium Red, uh, it's definitely a red Belgian 
ale. Our, our stats and information producer, Chris, would, would probably very much enjoy this one. He enjoys his reds. Uh, all right, now, before we get into our usual segments here, uh, I need to give a big, big, big thank you. There's going to be thank yous throughout the episode uh, to, as I just mentioned, Chris Hassong, as well as Bridget Hassong, who really, out of the goodness of their hearts, helped to keep this entire podcast moving. Uh, Bridget is our on-air producer. She r- literally like fell into that role, and she kind of helps move things along uh, on air here. And then Chris is also is also a huge help, and he's our stats and information producer and constantly feeding me stuff. And it, it's great with Chris because we bounce off each other real well. There, there's a lot of, again, the Venn diagram, there's a lot of knowledge crossover that we have, and there's a lot of knowledge he has that I just simply don't have off the top of my head. Uh, and it works out really well, and, and they help too. So thank you to both Chris and Bridget Hassong for everything you guys have done for the podcast and everything you continue to do. Uh, they should be joining the live feed really here any minute. I'm sure they're putting children to bed. That's what happens. I, I have one child to put to bed. They have two. It's 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 double the challenge of, of putting a child to bed. Uh, but thank you, thank you, thank you for keeping things moving along, uh, and thank you, thank you for also supporting the show financially. Uh, Chris and Bridget both have their names up in the studio right behind me here on the live feed uh, because they not only help out with content, help out to keep the show moving, but they have helped out financially as well, both through Patreon and through our Indiegogo campaign. And for that matter, uh, thank you to Ray and Jack O'Rourke. Yes, that is not just a coincidence on the name. That is my that They are my mother and father uh, who have actually supported the show financially through the Indiegogo campaign. Uh, and Eric Zeichner. Eric Zeichner, who is a very, very good friend of mine as well uh, and an avid listener of the show who have supported the the show financially and have gotten their names up on the wall. So thank you to all of you. Many, many more of those thank yous will be coming throughout the show. Uh, I wanted to talk about some <clears throat> some of our first stories. I just want to revisit these a little bit um, and give you an idea kind of, of, of how far along we've come. And in fact, for those of you on the live feed, I went and dug out my very first notebook, my very, very, very first black and red notebook, uh, really, I, I would like to say from our first episode, but I, I didn't really have notes for episode zero of Go Tells the Wall podcast, so it's really our second episode and, and, and those few episodes moving on, and it's funny because not long after we launched Go Tells the Wall podcast, uh, my daughter was born, <laughs> and so there's there's this little shift in it. Uh, there's also another drastic shift that, that we'll talk about as I, as I kind of run through some of these things. Uh, one of the big things when we first launched were the creepy clowns. You remember the creepy clowns that were running around scaring people and everything? Everyone really loved that. Uh, and we, we had some fun with that for, for a few episodes uh, until everyone realized that it was just not a good idea. And, and luckily, that was kind of put to a stop. Uh, and then not long after that, the movie, the remake of It came out. And it's like, wow, <laughs> clowns are definitely not funny now. Uh, in fact, I got a neighbor across the street in my neighborhood here. Uh, who's got like an it clown in their front yard. And I look, I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want that thing staring at my house. Uh, but the creepy clowns, that was something we had fun with. Now the Red Cross, that was something we talked about like episode one. And I bring that up because we were talking about the Red Cross in relation to Hurricane Matthew that devastated uh, Haiti back in 2016. And I have a very personal connection to Haiti uh, with one of my best friends ever who lives down there with his wife and son. Uh, and, and were very harshly affected by Hurricane Matthew that was happening down there. And it's funny how this comes full circle because we have Hurricane Michael, which has been devastating the Florida panhandle. I think it's it's kind of moving its way out now, but now is the rebuild time. Uh, <clears throat> and we talked about it because of Red Cross and how everyone loves to donate to Red Cross. And I don't want to get into details, 
But I will say it's it's funny that this comes full circle, and I encourage you to do your research when it comes to to American Red Cross and where your money's actually going before you start throwing money at Red Cross. So keep that in mind. Um, another thing we talked about, like episode one, was were the social injustice protests in the National Football League. Uh, that hasn't gone away. We continue to talk about that. In fact, we had. Uh, somebody, one of the very first people to kneel, uh, actually was signed by a team like a week ago when last this previous Sunday uh, kneeled again uh, down there in Carolina. Uh, another thing that happened in 2016, right around this time, this was a little further in, uh, but the Cubs, the Cubs won the World Series, finally reversing that curse, uh, and I just wanted to look back on that. Another big thing that happened, um, you know what, I want to come back to this for a second. Another big thing that happened, the NES Classic actually came out about a month after we launched uh, Go Tell to the Wall podcast, and I had talked about wanting to get one, but was unable to because I was in the middle of watching my wife give birth to our daughter on the day that it originally came out. Now, since then, I have been able to get my hot little hands on one of those NES Classic consoles when they did the re-release, uh, courtesy of my wife, who out of the goodness of her heart, went out to pick one up for me. Uh, and remember the Galaxy Note 7s that were exploding? Yeah, that was happening two years ago when we launched Go Tell to the Wall podcast. Uh, and another baseball thing is uh, it was the great David Ortiz, Big Poppy. We were actually talking about his impending retirement when Go Tell to the Wall podcast first launched. Uh, and as I teased, the birth of my daughter, which actually caused the first miss, the first like week off, of Go Tell to Wall podcast uh, was because went into the doctor with my wife uh, for a routine checkup while she was pregnant and ended up staying at the hospital. I even sat in the hospital at first and started doing prep because I thought I'd be doing an episode of Go Tell to Wall that night. Sure enough, I was unable to do that. Uh, and really the best reason ever was the birth of my, my beautiful daughter, who is absolutely the light of my life. And one big thing that really shifted I don't want to say it shifted, but but added to the landscape of Go Tell Us the Wall podcast is the 2016 election, which actually happened the same week that my daughter was born. I always joke that uh, the election is what caused my, my wife to, uh, to go into labor and, and for my daughter to be born uh, really three and a half weeks before she was supposed to be born. And when we launched Go Tell Us the Wall podcast, I had stipulated that we were not going to be political. It was not a political podcast. Uh, and still, I, I say still to this day, it is not a political podcast, but when certain bigoted sons of bitches get elected to the highest office in our country, uh, then we're going to call them out on common sense. We don't get political on this podcast, but we do employ a lot of common sense, and that orange son of a bitch sitting over there in Washington uh, just doesn't, he doesn't have, doesn't have much common sense, so we got to call him out on it. Uh, and ever since then, we, we've coined the, the term orange menace and, and had a little bit of fun with that. Uh, fun being a relative term because honestly, most of it's just, it's not fun to me. It's just all, all you can do is, is, uh, laugh. Like, I don't even know. I don't know. Cause it's not fun to me. Not fun. And on the note of uh, bigoted, small minded people, <laughs> let's move on to some social. Now social trend that was happening this week. Hashtag him too. Hashtag him too. That's right. Are you not, are you, are you probably aware, are aware of this one, uh, even if you weren't aware of the original post, but all the memes that came out with it. So there was a Navy, naval mother, uh, and let me let me just quote the exact uh, tweet here. Uh, she tweeted a, a photo of her son in, in his Navy uniform, 
and he's you know he's got his leg up on a bench and he's posing all I mean I'm like I'm not I'm not going to get into semantics here he's posing like he's one of the village people whether he wants to be one of the village people or not I don't know but he's posing like he's one of the village people uh, and here's her exact quote and or her exact tweet and I quote this is my son he graduated number one in boot camp. He was awarded the USO award. He was number one in A school. He is a gentleman who respects women. He won't go on solo dates due to the current climate of false sexual accusations by radical feminists with an axe to grind. I vote. Hashtag him too. End quote. Yes, this is the type of world that we live in. This is the type of world we live in where not only people out there, but women out there think that all of these Sexual harassment, sexual assault allegations are the work of, and I quote, radical feminists with an axe to grind. No, no. And then you wonder why women don't speak up. This is why, because other women come out and make fun of what they're doing. Minimize what they're doing. And that's just not right. Luckily with this one, everyone had a ridiculous amount of fun with it. Uh, and I mean, we're talking tweets with with pictures of my, where people are saying, this is my son, and we saw everything from Jesus to the Orange Menace to Brett Kavanaugh being featured on these things to the Hulk, <laughs> like the Hulk from the comic. Yes, all of those things, so a lot of people had fun with it. Uh, and sure enough, her son did respond to the mother's post uh, and really debunked everything that she had said, uh, other than the fact that he is in, he is in the Navy and all these, all these other things. Uh, but really completely debunked the fact what she said about him not going on solo dates and, and everything else. Uh, and, of course, that tweet has been deleted since then because some people are dumb and they don't realize it and they push the tweet button and then they have to go back and delete it. But, of course, thanks to the magic of technology, we have plenty of screenshots of that ridiculously hateful tweet. Uh, and, and I hope she's getting what she deserves because I just... You know, it's one thing to, to throw your son up there when, when he doesn't even agree and none of the things are true, but then to just call like call people who, who have accusations of, of sexual assault, to call them radical feminists with an axe to grind? Yeah, I'll tell you. Uh, I believe women, 100%. I believe women, and I'm not a radical feminist with an axe to grind. I'm just not. I'm not. Not a radical feminist with an axe to grind. All right. Moving along. On that note... Today, actually today, October 11th, is hashtag National Coming Out Day. Hashtag National Coming Out Day. Uh, and really, this is mostly people sharing their stories of coming out on social platforms. And I think this is fantastic. Oh, man. Uh, note to self, don't scroll down Twitter while you're doing the podcast because then you see tweets from the Orange Menace. There's no way that's real. There's no way that's real. I'm just scrolled to a tweet of, of the Orange Menace tweeting about uh, National Coming Out Day. And um, now really all I want to do is smash his orange face into the wall. And I didn't even read the whole thing. It's disgusting. Uh, but I encourage you to check these out. And I think this is great because this is empowering for young people out there that aren't sure of how others will react. You know, especially if they... and. Don't send me hate mail, people in the South, especially if you're in the South where it's not as acceptable. You know, I live in Los Angeles, and we're in a bit of a bubble here where it's pretty acceptable. For the most part, it really is. You go down to Orange County, it might be a little different. LA, you know, you're pretty good here, dude. 
we're going to make you a rainbow sash and throw a parade for you if you come out here. However, I, I recognize there are places where it's much more difficult to come out. And hopefully, uh, there, even if it's just one youth out there that sees something like this as, and is encouraged uh, to have the courage to, to then come out, then I hope we hope that it will do some good for them. So on hashtag National Coming Out Day, uh, congratulations to all of you that have come out. Um, and, and for those of you that have not, uh, I encourage you to, to think about coming out. Uh, and I did see one post that was, was important. And if it is one of those things where it's literally your safety, you know, you only have to come out to yourself. Don't risk your own personal safety, uh, to come out to others. If, if it's one of those situations, um, turn 18, and and move out to California. That, that's all I can say. I I laugh because it's not it's not funny, but I laugh because I, we just live in this bubble here where it's so acceptable to to be a little di- to. And that's not it's not even different anymore. When I was a kid, oh they're different. No, it's it's not even different anymore. It's pretty commonplace now. Uh, same sex couples. Like like let's get over it. Let's get over that stigma. Uh, but good on you, everyone out there that's sharing those stories, uh, and has been able to to be empowered through many of those stories and through friends and through supportive family, whatever it might be. Um, and it's so funny cause I don't know anyone personally that is not, has been non-supportive of, of family members. And I know they're out there obviously cause I've spoken with people, uh, but I've never like experienced it firsthand, you know, in my family or anything else and, or in seen it like firsthand in other families, but obviously it does happen. Uh, another day today, October 11th, hashtag day of the girl. Day of the girl, and I want to quote this tweet right now because this is extremely important. We need to empower women. We need to empower girls. We need to empower any young ladies out there that feel marginalized. We need to do the opposite of the him too woman who just is completely clueless on everything. Uh, we need to empower them because we're still not equals. I did an entire episode at one point on how women, there, there still is not equality between women and men in this country. And stuff like hashtag day of the girl will continue to grow that. And I hope that there are young girls out there seeing this and feeling empowered. And I do want to quote this one tweet uh, from Tish James. Tish James. Uh, and I quote, Throughout my life, people always tried to count me out and write me off. It only made me work harder. To every girl with the dream, don't let anyone try to dictate your future. If they won't give you a seat at the table, bring a folding chair. You too can make history. Hashtag day of the girl. End quote. Uh, that one just got me thinking and especially I've never had to deal. I've witnessed this, this inequality throughout my, throughout my life, especially in my professional life. Uh, but I've never had to deal with it firsthand myself, you know, and the fact that I have a daughter at home who is going to be two and a month from today will be two years old a month from today. Uh, really, I just hope that we can create a better world for her, uh, for all of the young women, all the young ladies out there, uh, and, and create a better world where they have more opportunities than, than, and I know we're getting better. We have been getting better over the years, but we're still not there. We're still not there. There's still not equality. The white men are up here. They're up here, and then everyone else is below, whether it's women, whether it's uh, people of color, whatever it might be, everyone else is below that, and that's just a fact. And if you don't, think, if, if you don't know that's a fact, you need to do some research because common sense says it's an absolute fucking fact. It's just a fact. There's no getting around it. Uh, so hashtag day of the girl. Let's empower girls. Let's empower women any in any way, shape, or form that we can. 
Now, I want to bring this one up, and I'm going to get a little tangented here from our social section. Uh, but yesterday, actually yesterday, October 10th, was hashtag Mental Health Awareness Day. Mental Health Awareness Day. If you've listened to the podcast, you know that we are huge, huge proponents of mental health awareness, uh, not only because of my own personal struggles, but just because of removing the stigma that is around mental health. Now, I didn't post anything yesterday because to me, to me personally, every day is hashtag Mental Health Awareness Day. To my wife, every day is hashtag Mental Health Awareness Day. For anyone that has to deal with mental illness, on a daily basis, every day is Mental Health Awareness Day. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't celebrate, and I'm not saying people shouldn't share their experiences on social platforms. That's why things like this exist. However, it's not for me specifically. Um, and I will tell you, as you scroll through, there's there's a lot of people that are working to remove that stigma. Um, you know, people are saying it's not just a bad day or being sad. It's not. It's a mental illness. And on that note, I did find this article that I found interesting. And there are certain things that you don't realize from people that suffer from mental illness that they may be going through. And you may take it personally. You may back away. You may get closer. And these are just a few of the things, particularly this article is 11 things, but these are a few of the things that if you have friends with mental illness, uh, which you do, you do, unless you have like two friends in, on this this earth, you have a friend that suffers from some form of mental illness, whether it be debilitating like mine, uh, or just, you know, somewhat, uh, of an, I don't even want to say somewhat of an inconvenience, but you know, not fully debilitating to where they're get to the point where I can, uh, you do know somebody that suffers from a form of mental illness. Uh, and I just want to share a couple of these with you. One of them is decline invites, although that you may want to go, so a lot of people that suffer from anxiety, uh, and especially myself with obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, I decline invites very often. And it's not because I don't want to go. In fact, most times it's quite the opposite. I do want to go, but I don't want to go and be in that situation. I don't want to go to that event and then obsess over every little thing that happened. And in fact, that's another point they bring up is obsessing over trivial things that other people may not even notice. That's anyone who deals with anxiety deals with that. And if you deal with OCD or OAD, obsessive anxiety disorder, you obsess on them even more. And that's something I do. I overanalyze every single conversation that I have with somebody at a party, every single conversation. And then it keeps me up at night. I said one little wrong word. And 99.9% .9 of the time, that person or those people, they're it just haven't even thought about it. They haven't even given a second thought, but that's what happens. Uh, another one is in every situation, the worst scenario is your biggest thought. I've talked about this on the podcast. This is constantly what happens to me. I lose sleep over it. I just assume that the worst things are going to happen to me and my family. I assume that something terrible is going to happen to my daughter, even though chances are it's not. But that's what people with mental illness deal with over and over again. You rewind conversations in your head over and over again. That's the same thing, obsessing on those different conversations. Um, when someone shows concern about you, you become even more worried about the same thing. That's what I was mentioning when I said, or you get too close. Because there is such thing as asking too much. Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And that's twofold because you don't want to constantly remind people that suffer from mental illness that they are suffering from mental illness or that they have been triggered by something or they are going through a tough period. You don't want to constantly remind them. On top of that, it could also make somebody that suffers from mental illness have more worry because then you start thinking, well, other people are noticing now. 
You know, a lot of times you can rationalize in your head, well, maybe other people aren't noticing this, but if people come out, come up to you and talk about it, then you start to worry that, uh, you start to worry that something is wrong, that other people are noticing it. Um, your experience, your breakdown when future comes up as a topic, that is pretty much just constant with anyone that suffers from anxiety or OCD or anything similar, depression, uh, to those things. And uh, you obsess too much over every mistake you make by beating yourself up over it really goes back to what I was talking about. Every little tiny thing becomes an obsession that can keep you up at night, can cause anxiety, can cause serious depression. Uh, now, I bring those things up because I want you to keep them in mind. Like I said, everyone out there has a friend that some friend, whether it's a close friend, a, an acquaintance that suffers from some form of mental illness. And we continue to remove the stigma, stuff like mental health, mental health awareness day. We'll continue to do that, uh, but we just have to continue to spread that word. Uh, and I appreciate really anyone out there who's shown their support to any form of mental health awareness. Uh, that, that, that's something that's very near and dear to me. It's very near and dear to my family um, for obvious reasons, and, and I hope that we can continue to build on that uh, instead of sending a crazy dude in a red hat to the Oval Office to trivialize mental health. That's the country we live in. That, it, it's astounding to me. Uh, but we don't talk about Kardashians on this show, so we will not be talking about that. Uh -huh. All right, uh, real quick before we move off of social, I have a couple funny ones. Um, a couple funny ones here that I do want to leave you with before we move on to TV, film, and books. And that would be hashtag if food could talk back. Hashtag if food could talk back. And I will leave you with this tweet from Lola. Quote, I'm nachos, I'm hers. Hashtag if food could talk back, end quote. Uh, yeah, so just have some fun with that one. Have some fun with that one. Uh, it, it's really just amusement for the sake of amusement. Uh, and another hashtag that's floating around the social platforms right now. Hashtag new relationship statuses. Hashtag new relationship statuses. That's right, because we live in this crazy, crazy world uh, where, <laughs> like, I say crazy. Like, there's nothing crazy about it. It's just we live in this different world with, like, relationships are all over the place and and that's really where this one went uh so the human salad uh tweeted and i quote single but accepting funds hashtag new relationship statuses uh, another one from solena on twitter uh and i quote he finally retweeted me hashtag new relationship statuses that's the one that got me i was like yes we <laughs> create relationships on these social platforms and you're like huh, huh, huh? remember remember it like well so remember when you were younger, actually, we established we don't have a lot of millennials that listen to this this show. Uh, but if you remember when you were younger, you had to like wait by the phone. You're like, oh, are they going to call? I remember being a teenager like, oh, is she going to call me back? Is she going to call me back? I don't know. I don't know if she's going to call me back. And you're waiting by the phone. Now it's like you're waiting for <laughs> a tweet. <laughs> he finally retweeted me. Yep. Yeah, that's the world we live in. All right, let's move on to some TV, film, and books. Some TV, film, and books. Uh, so, we got some news from Game of Thrones. Not really news, just an interesting factoid from the set of Game of Thrones. Uh, the Game of Thrones crew have actually been utilizing what's called a drone killer. That's right, a drone killer to prevent final season spoilers. They've been using these things on set. I actually became aware of them a year or so ago when drones became, I mean, really big mainstream thing. I know they've been big for a while. Uh, but here around Los Angeles, uh, I know specifically for the Rose Bowl Parade, the Rose Parade, they've used them, and they've used them for larger events around Los Angeles. They're these big guns that they don't shoot actual, like, bullets or anything. They shoot out some kind of—I'm not going to get all sciencey and techy on you here. They shoot out some kind of beam 
that goes up and disables drones so they basically not fall to the ground, but they coast to the ground there. It's interesting science and everything else. I don't want to get into the intricacies of it. I did find it interesting that the Game of Thrones crew is going to those lengths uh, to make sure that there are no spoilers, that no one's flying drones up above the Game of Thrones set, which it actually really makes sense uh, because they have like a a huge sprawling set uh, there in, uh, oh my gosh, where are they? They're in Wales, I believe. They're somewhere in the UK. Uh, no, Northern Ireland. That's what it is. It's, it's, it is the UK. England. They're in Northern Ireland shooting this thing, and it's just like the sprawling landscape where things could fly over. And they actually have a full no-fly zone, so no, no airplanes or helicopters can actually even fly over uh, the Game of Thrones set, interestingly enough. Uh, a little more news in TV, film, and books. Jamie Lee Curtis and Fox News. Uh, so Fox News was a little ridiculous uh, earlier in the week. They reported on a story and called Jamie Lee Curtis a hypocrite because she advocates for gun control, but she is starring in the new Halloween reboot that's coming out soon in which she uses guns in the Halloween reboot. Uh, now, apparently, Fox News just isn't aware of how movies work. Not aware of how movies work. Uh, she's not actually killing Michael Myers, you know. Uh, and it really got me thinking, Fox News, if, if they were set off by this, by Jamie Lee Curtis having a gun in Halloween, uh, Infinity Wars must have made them shit their pants. If you don't know what Infinity Wars is, that would be the Avengers movie, and Fox News contributors must have been down in a bunker waiting for Thanos to destroy the Earth. Because they don't realize that movies are not real. That's the problem with Go Tells the Wall podcast. Occasionally, I, I, I uh, explain the jokes, and I need to stop doing that. You know what it is? I need like a laugh track in here. I need like a laugh track because I, I like I feel like I'm I don't get a response. Oh, so I must have to. No, there's just nobody sitting here with me, and there's people delayed on the live feed. So I get like a ha 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 like ten minutes later because <laughs> it's a delayed feed. Uh, nonetheless, we got some thank yous I want to get into here. Our patrons, our patrons, people that have contributed to the show financially through Patreon affectionately known as patrons. We have quite a few of those. Now, I mentioned these two already, but not only are they uh, contributors to the show and, not like I said, also contributors to the Indiegogo campaign, which is still live, but they are also patrons of the show. Uh, that would be Bridget Hassong and Chris Hassong. So thank you to both of you for being patrons of the show. Equally as important would be Seth Rosenberg, who has been a patron really I think from the very beginning, as well as Kevin Jones, who I believe has been a patron pretty much from the beginning. Uh, we also have Perry Freeze, Perry Freeze, who is a big supporter of the show. Thank you for your patronage. Uh, Cynthia Samadamore, who also happens to be my mother-in-law. That's right. Also my mother-in-law, but a patron of Go Tell It To The Wall. Uh, and I don't want to say most importantly... But very importantly, we have number one wall fan Darshan. That's right, number one wall fan Darshan, the original fan, original, because she's like the first fan of Go Tell It's a Wall podcast, uh, who is also a patron of the show. So thank you to all of you patrons out there who have kept us afloat financially, as well as spreading the word, subscribing, sharing with everybody. I'm a little bit worried about Chris and Bridget, though. They have not gotten on the live feed yet. Hopefully everything's okay over there. Uh, all right, let's move on to some tech. Let's write some tech. 
Facebook, Facebook is actually rolling out. That's right, rolling out. You should be seeing these soon. 3D photos, that's right, 3D, three-dimensional photos. Uh, these photos utilize AI to simulate depth. And so now, while you're scrolling through Facebook, you can get 3D photos with AI that simulates depth. So, Facebook can't give us a chronological news feed, but look at all these cool photos. Look at this dog. It's like jumping out of your phone. Give me a break, Facebook. At this point, you are like, I can't even say polishing a turd because you're not even doing that. I don't even know what you're doing. You're sanding nothing into nothing and then dipping it in gold and telling us it's cool. I don't even understand. Speaking of Facebook, oh, man. So Facebook is constantly in the news. Uh, they, this week, purged over 800 accounts and pages uh, and they did this, all of these accounts and pages for pushing political messages for profit. That's right, pushing political messages for profit. You may be like, what does that even mean? Well, here's the thing. These were all page, and by Facebook's explanation, these were all pages and accounts that were essentially what, what we call clickbaiting, clickbaiting people into clicking on websites which were then serving up ads. So that was increasing their numbers. So these 800 accounts and pages uh, were purged. Now, you can go deep into it. We, we've gotten feedback from some people that uh, are administrators on those pages saying that that's not actually what's happening uh, and they are just political activists, whatever it might be, and not actually sending people to ad-based websites. However, we probably won't see any more of this. It, it's probably over. I, I, I don't think we're going to hear much more of this. Those accounts are gone. <laughs> those accounts are gone. Uh we got some new hardware, new hardware out of uh, Silicon Valley. That's right. I, th I assume Silicon. Just everything to me just comes out of Silicon Valley. Oh, tech. Ah, oh, Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. Uh, and this would be a new little thing from a company called BoxLock. That's right, BoxLock. And will secure your booty against porch pirates. Seems a little, little bit of a stretch there. But what this is is it's actually a keyless lock. It's a keyless lock for deliveries. So let's say you have a package coming from Amazon, whatever it might be, or Etsy, whatever the kids order from these days, uh, and the delivery person comes with the box. What they can do is they see that lock, they take the lock, they scan the package, and then once the lock, it's smart enough to know this, sees the package label, it then unlocks and allows the delivery person to drop that package into a container that you have on your front porch in your driveway whatever it might be and then you have to rely on the delivery person to relock the lock and then your package is secure i see the appeal in this however the lock costs 129 dollars and it feels just easier to me to have it shipped like to your office the amazon lockers whatever it might be just it seem and then you're trusting the delivery person uh, to to actually relock the lock which if it's coming from usps <laughs> i'm not trusting that uh, I, I watched from my window my, my uh, postal carrier this afternoon try to shove a large envelope into the small mailbox opening of my mailbox. Didn't go in, just left the thing hanging halfway out of the mailbox. So I'm not really going to trust a postal worker to relock my lock. It's just, I'm not going to do it. And I'm paying $129 for someone to come along and steal my lock. Uh, luckily, I've got my house just covered in cameras. So you'll be internet famous if you're stealing my packages. Uh, that's just that's how it works. You gotta have cameras everywhere. Gotta have cameras, security. Like that's the world we live in now. Totally the world we live in. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is, right? It is what it is. Mm. All right, a little more tech. 
Nintendo, if you're one of those Nintendo Switch users, I am not. Uh, they have a lot of NES cla- like classic NES games on there that you can access. Well, we got a little news from TechCrunch this week uh, that they actually have the original Legend of Zelda on their on the Switch. Uh, but they have a different version that you can play if you so choose, and that version starts you out with a bunch, bunch of stuff that you do not start with out with in the original game. Now I'm gonna go deep here. If you're a Zelda fan, you're gonna understand this. I was a big Legend of Zelda fan. Uh, it starts you out with the white sword, starts you out with like a bunch of money, all this stuff that you have to work for really a few hours to get to, and it starts you off with that because apparently the game was too difficult for millennials these days, I, I guess. Uh, and to that I say, come on, man, just play the damn game as it was intended. It's not even, like, it's not even difficult. I beat the damn thing when I was, like, five. I'm not I'm not even exaggerating. I was, like, five when I beat the damn thing. Maybe six. I was, like, five or six. It's not that hard. We all live in this world where we play, like, Fortnite and whatever else. I don't even know if Fortnite's hard. I've, I've never played Fortnite in my life. Yeah, never, probably not going to. Just not going to. Yeah. Everyone plays it now. That's my, like, little inner punk talking to me that. Oh, no, no, no. We can't play that. Everyone plays that. We're going to go over here and listen to this band that nobody listens to. Yeah. The the inner punk comes out every once in a while. Uh, inner punk's going to really come out on October 27th. I'll mention that toward the end of the, the episode. Uh, one more thing in tech. We had the Google product launch. Google product launch happened just recently. They did announce a new Pixel, uh, the Pixel 3 and the Pixel 3 XL, which you guessed it, is a larger version of the Pixel. Uh, we also got a the new Pixel Slate tablet. This is an Android OS-based tablet. going to be very similar to an iPad Pro, uh, really, or I don't have my Android tablet, my Samsung tablet sitting here, but it's really to compete with those, uh, as well as the Google Home Hub that's right, the Google Home Hub, which is a Google Home with a screen. And I've seen a lot of reviews on the Google Home Hub, and it looks like a lot of developers are very happy and seeing this as, as a move toward our uh, toward the, the like full Google Smart Home. So we'll keep an eye on that, see what happens. Uh, I look forward to it. We'll probably continue to smartify our home with some Google stuff. Just makes things easier. Lazy, but easier. Oh, we got some sports news this week. Running short, a little short on time. Let's see if we can get through some of this. Uh, sports news. We got some news out of Milwaukee. There's actually a restaurant chain down there in Milwaukee called George Webb Restaurants. Uh, they actually made a promise. This promise was originally made in the 1950s, where they said, uh, and this would have been the Milwaukee Braves at that time. If the Bra- if the Milwaukee Braves win 12 games in a row, free burgers for everyone. Uh, now since then, it has been kept and is actually featured on the napkins of this of this restaurant. Uh, And it actually happened once, uh, one other time happened in 1987, and they, the George Webb restaurants actually gave out uh, 170,000 free burgers. Now, I bring this up now uh, because the Milwaukee Brewers that currently play in Milwaukee are actually currently at an 11-game winning streak. If they win their next game, which happens Friday, unfortunately, sorry, Kevin, uh, I'm not really rooting either way, but you know there's a lot of hungry people in Milwaukee that are rooting for them to beat the Dodgers on Friday, and if that happens, then George Webb Restaurants will be giving out free burgers to Milwaukee. Now, of course, they said they gave away 170,000 burgers in 1987, and people waited hours, hours for a free hamburger. Imagine what that weight is going to be in 2018. 
not worth it. Not worth the free burger. Sorry, it's just not worth the free burger. I mean, I guess if you're starving, but I, like, here's the thing: if even if you're like homeless and you're starving, a couple hours, like you can find three people to give you a couple dollars over a couple hours, and you know, like that, you don't need to go stand. It's it's silly to me. It's silly to me. It's like the build a bear thing. We're gonna stand in line for twelve dollars. Jesus Christ, a day in line for twelve dollars? No, no. What are you doing? Anyway, moving along. We had some news uh, out of Cleveland because everything good happens. Uh, you know, every, all this good news comes out of Cleveland. I don't know what's even in. Cle- oh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Never mind. Some good news comes out of Cleveland now and then. It's it's nothing wrong with Cleveland. Good blue collar city there. I mean that genuinely. Uh, but we had some news out of there. Tristan Thompson, who plays for the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, was actually in the news months ago. There was reports that he got into a fistfight with one of the Golden State Warriors players named Draymond Green. And the report was that he punched Draymond Green in the face. And so, of course, Cleveland Cavalier fans love this because the Golden State Warriors have beat the Cleveland Cavaliers three out of the past four years for the NBA championship. There was a dude out there in Cleveland who thought it would be a good idea to throw a parade for Tristan Thompson. So a fan organized this parade. And it was canceled last minute. It was actually canceled this week, like two days before the actual parade was going to happen. It was going to start at Quicken Loans Arena, which is the arena where they play basketball. Uh, And it was canceled. We didn't really get a good reason why it was canceled. However, I saw it and I said, well, duh, that's not something good to have a parade for. We need to set a better example for the youth and not celebrate violence. That's celebrating violence. Whether it happened or not, it's celebrating violence and we can do better than that. And in fact, Nike is doing better than that. I'm not talking about Colin Kaepernick. I'm not talking about that campaign. What I am talking about is a runner from Oregon named Justin Gallegos, who is the newest, newest Nike professional athlete. Now, why is this a big deal, you ask? It is very, it is very much a big deal and very unique because he actually has cerebral palsy. Justin Gallegos is a runner from Oregon who has cerebral palsy. He runs with the University of Oregon Running Club. Now, if you're familiar with track Uh, Track and field, college track and field like I am. University of Oregon is hands down the best uh, track and field college in the country. I don't care. I don't like argue. Come at me. Come at me. I I don't care. It is hands down the best track and field uh, uh, program in the country. College by far. And if not for the University of Oregon, uh, you wouldn't have Nike. You just wouldn't have it. Bill Bowerman. I'm not even a big Nike guy myself, but I respect them and I respect the University of Oregon because of a uh, fantastic athlete named Steve Prefontaine. Uh, and we need more of this. We need more of this. Companies lifting up someone like this. And if you watch the video of Justin Gallegos getting this news, it is just one of the most fantastic things uh, you will ever, ever, ever see in your life. It, it just is. Uh, the the joy on his face uh, and the fact that, that really we're building him up. We're, we're giving him that opportunity that, that probably as a kid he, uh, he never, never thought he would have. Never thought he would have. Uh, so we end sports on a, on a good note like that uh, instead of parades celebrating a dude punching another dude. I, I mean, like, I, I, I still can't get over it. Someone was organizing a parade for a dude punching a dude. And not, not a boxer. Here come the Philly fans like, oh, we got a boxer at the... No, no, I know. Not, not a real boxer. You got a fictional boxer. But yeah, no, it's not a boxing match. I'm okay with that where, you know, no. This was a dude punch, was supp- like allegedly punching another dude at a party. Come on, what are we selling? What are we even doing? What are we doing as a society where that's even a thing? Where, where that didn't get stopped months ago? Because apparently it was being planned for a couple months. 
And it wasn't until like two days before the parade that it actually got canceled. Jesus, do better. Do better. And poor Melania there. I'm the biggest, most bullied. Give me a break. Most bullied person in this country. <laughs> like, if really, if someone like like Melania Trump thinks that she's the most bullied person in this country, she does not belong in the. Like, I I realize she's first lady and not the actual. She doesn't belong there, because that is like wealth privilege just to a T. I am so bullied in this country. Yeah, have you have you had the shit kicked out of you? Because you were different. Have you? Have you? Okay, well then shut the fuck up. Because you have no leg to stand on here. Not one whatsoever. And don't even get me started. You were bullied and your parents were just granted citizens? Okay, give me a break. Give me a God, they make me so sick. She makes me sick. The Orange Menace makes me sick. They're all just disgusting. They're all just disgusting. And if, honestly, if you still support that, like, you're disgusting too. Sorry, you're disgusting if you still support all of that madness. You're disgusting. I don't care. Come at me on that. Send me the hate mail on that. I don't give a shit. Oh, tangented again. On that note, I want to thank some of our Indiegogo supporters. Hmm. Maybe we'll lose some Indiegogo. I don't think we'll lose any Indiegogo supporters now. But I do want to call out. I'm gonna, I want to go down the list on our Indiegogo supporters here. I mentioned the ones that are on the, on the wall uh, here. So we've already got those. Uh, but some of those Indiegogo supporters would be Sophie Allen. Thank you to Sophie Allen for supporting the podcast, uh, as well as Jen Safari. Thank you, Jen, for supporting the podcast financially. Jen uh, is actually one of our more recent producers that we brought into uh, into the podcast who's helping us out on, on marketing and sponsorships. Uh, let's see. Oh, Cynthia Samadamore, who also happens to be my mother-in-law. I mentioned she's also a patron. Seth Cover. Thank you for your contribution uh, to pay, uh, to the Indiegogo campaign, as well as Elena Staley. Thank you very much, Elena. Uh, and the Garretts, Laura and Justin Garrett, uh, who actually also happen to be friends of mine. Uh, Steve Embury. Steve Embury. Go Bruins. But thank you for <laughs> contributing to the Indiegogo campaign. He happens to be a Capitals fan. I congratulated him mightily after they won the cup. Uh, thank you to Dante Samadamore. Uh, the Don- that is right, the Dante of Give Me Motion, as a matter of fact. Uh, and thank you, Seth Rosenberg, who I know I have mentioned, uh, had mentioned previously. Uh, Barbie Denman. Barbie Denman, thank you for contributing to our, our Indiegogo campaign, uh, as well as congratulations. She just she had a baby a few months ago. Uh, Amber Bansack, thank you as well. And, of course, Carl Edwards, thank you for contributing to the Indiegogo campaign. Uh, Also, my little big sister, Juliette Rice, thank you very much. Uh, We also have Susan Beth Smith, Amelia Tetterton, thank you very much. Uh, And I mentioned him previously, but Kevin Jones, I guess I had mentioned Seth previously as well. Really, Seth and Kevin should also uh, be up in the the have their names in the studio as well for the amount that they have contributed both through Indiegogo uh, and through Patreon. So thank you to all of you Indiegogo supporters out there for supporting the show financially, uh, as well as continuing to support the show by sharing, by subscribing, by listening, all of the things you do. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. All right, let's move on to some common sense. Let's move on to some. Com- I'm losing my voice for. I don't know what is happening here. It's got like a little catch in my throat. I'm losing my voice a little. It's okay. It's probably the Belgian ale that's messing with me. It's the Belgian ale. 
messing with me. Well, we got some common sense news. I, I talked about it last episode. Toys R Us making a comeback of some sort. We didn't know fully kind of what was happening, and we still don't know fully, uh, but we're getting bits and pieces of it, what's happening with the Toys R Us brand. And a few of the things we do know is they're rebranding as Jeffrey's Toy Box. It's not going to be Toys R Us anymore. It's going to be Jeffrey's Toy Box. If you're wondering why Jeffrey... Uh, Jeffrey was the giraffe, the mascot for Toys R Us. So it's going to be Jeffrey's Toy Box now. They are going to be opening... Uh, New stores. This is a, a Toys R Us revamp, Jeffrey's Toy Box, and they will be opening new stores. We don't know how many or, or kind of how widespread that's going to be, but we do know there will be uh, some new stores coming. Uh, we also know that they're going to be putting some of their Toys R Us brands into other stores as well. So you might be seeing some of those Toys R Us brands pop up in like a Target. Uh, really, I, I would imagine seeing them in like a Kohl's, uh, these department stores that have smaller toy sections like a Macy's or something, especially around the holidays, probably see a lot of that. And if you're not familiar with, with Toys R Us brands, a couple of those was, would be Imaginarium, which I am a big fan of. And actually, I was very disappointed because I, I haven't yet got one for my daughter, but I want to get her one of the wooden tracks that have been around since I was a kid. They've been around since the 80s. They were around when I was a kid. It was one of my favorite things to play with uh, when Imaginarium actually had stores in the malls and everything. I spent a lot of time in malls as a kid. and That's I, that's for another episode. <laughs> if you're familiar with our Halloween episodes, you know why. I, I just I, I, Around September, October, I spent a lot of time in malls uh, as I traveled around the country with my mother. Uh, and... Uh, also, True Heroes and Journey Girls, and I'm sure there's going to be more brands that the Toys R Us had bought up over the years. Now, it's interesting. I'm excited to see the Toys R Us brand coming back, especially the Imaginarium side, but they're actually getting a lot of backlash from other toy makers uh, who are very confused, and they're worried about kind of this new competition in the marketplace, what's going to happen with that. And more understandably to me, uh, they're, they're getting some backlash from former employees who are like still waiting for payouts and everything. <laughs> they're like, uh, you just laid all of us off, and now you're reopened. That doesn't make sense. So it's, it, it, this is going to be a lengthy thing, I think, what's happening. I'm sure they're going to try to get something open by the holidays here by November, but I doubt that's going to happen. Maybe they can do some pop-ups. Maybe they can get pop-ups in other department stores. Who knows? Uh, but we are getting this information slowly as it comes out. And because, you know, obviously I've talked about Toys R Us very, very, very much on the show, uh, that, that's why I bring it up. Um, man, that thing I was going to mention. Uh, my, my inner punk is really going to come out on, on October 27th. If you are in the Southern California area, you can you actually might be able to find me. Might be able to find me on October 27th in Huntington Beach. I will be at Surf City Blitz. That's right, Surf City Blitz. Big concert festival going on down there in Huntington Beach. I'm going down there uh, to see the Interrupters for the first time live, as well as see Rancid and a few other bands. I can't remember who was playing on that second day. I, f I feel like Pennywise was another one I was excited about, but maybe that was Saturday. Oh, Bad Religion, that's who else I'm seeing. Uh, and as well, I would like to to show to everyone on the live feed, uh, I, I did get my, my Mark Hoppus Funko Pop. Not that Blink-182 are playing the Surf City Blitz, but I did get my hands on one of these. Uh, they, they were getting a little expensive there for like a week, and then they finally started coming back in stock. I was able to order one on Amazon, so if you're a Blink fan like myself, get yourself a Mark Hoppus Funko Pop or a Travis. I didn't pick up the Travis. I got enough, like, I got enough Funkos, and, like, I'm, I can't just be buying one after another, so I was like, that's the original. They didn't make a ski, but I'm just getting Hoppus. I'm getting Hoppus. Uh, all right, more common sense. Oh, man. Emotional support animals. Oh, man. And I'll tell you. Especially on planes, people in these emotional support animals. It like, I'm sure there are people out there 
uh, that that need them more than I do. However, if you've ever seen me on an airplane, uh, you know that there's not a ton of people out there that need them more than I do. I don't fly well. Uh, however, we do have some more news of emotional support animals on airplanes. This one specifically being a squirrel. That's right, an emotional support support squirrel uh, who was tagging along with a woman. Uh, she boarded a frontier flight. Boarded a frontier flight. She boarded it with her emotional support squirrel. I know it's like a, it's a rodent. It's a rat with a bushy tail. I'm, I'm kidding. If you love squirrels, don't send me hate mail. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, but it's still a rodent. It's it's definitely a rodent. And so Frontier realized this. They asked her to deplane. She refused, so they had to call the police in. Uh, the entire plane had to be emptied. All the passengers had to deplane, had to be emptied, and they finally were able to remove her as she, as she was wheeled by in her wheelchair, clutching her emotional support squirrel. She promptly gave the finger to all the other passengers uh, that had unfortunately had to deplane as well. Uh, now this is crazy. We're seeing more and more of this craziness. My question is, I don't understand how she got on the plane in the first place. She like, she went through TSA and no one at TSA was like, uh, ma'am, you have a squirrel. I, I, I just, I don't understand it. I genuinely don't understand why nobody caught that until she was actually on the plane. Uh, but let's calm down with the emotional support animals. It's disgusting. It's ridiculous. You don't need a squirrel on your plane. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you really need to have your squirrel with you, then drive. The other weird thing to me is like emotional support squirrel. Like how did you, how did you obtain this squirrel and how did you learn that it gave you emotional support? Like, think about that. Were you just at the park one day and this, this squirrel hopped up on the bench next to you and you were like, well, here's my emotional support animal. I don't get it. Like, you don't go to a pound and and adopt a squirrel. It's not like a dog or a cat. I don't get it. But whatever. <laughs> she wasn't able to fly on Frontier Airlines, which might have been a blessing for her. Don't get on a front. Jesus Christ, don't get on a Frontier airplane. Don't Frontier in spirit. Don't get on one of those planes. I swear, they'll sell, they'll sell you seats on the roof of the plane. You're not even going to be inside. Although, on the roof of the plane, you'll actually be able to, you know, fit your legs. Because... <laughs> I'm at the po- I'm at the point I'm gonna have to soon uh, start flying like comfort class or whatever they're calling it at least because uh, I'm I'm literally I'm not even exaggerating I'm literally close to the point where I can't fit in an airplane seat without like my knees bending back toward me like my legs bending back toward me I'm not even exaggerating that and I'm only six three <laughs> so if you're six five six six like get the comfort plus dude Get the Comfort Plus. And I flew two different airlines the last time I flew, and they were both exactly the same. Terrible, terrible. Uh, with some news out of Disney, Disney has officially pulled the plug on the luxury hotel that they were going to build down there in Anaheim. Uh, they're citing the tax rebates that were originally promised, but they will no longer be getting uh, because, you know, Disney, Disney can't afford to do things unless they get millions in tax rebates. Come on, Mickey, you can do better than that. So we'll see what they do with all that land that they were closing stores in downtown Disney and everything else. Uh, we <laughs> Some news out of the Fire Festival. Uh, this probably the last news for a while. The last news for a while. The Fire Festival founder, Billy McFarland, was sentenced this week to six years in prison. Actually, just today. Six years in prison for, for multiple counts of fraud. Pertaining to the fire Festival, that was just a ridiculous mess down there in the Bahamas. Uh, if you remember, Jaw Rule is also part of this, and they reached out to Jaw Rule for comment, to which he said, Ugh. that was his only comment. 
there's a new product out on the market if you have an animal or a pet or you really just like to pee, you know, not in a toilet. Uh, and that would be the Trump statue pee, pee statues. I don't even know what you call this. They're pee statues. It says pee on me. It's a bust of Trump. Uh, it's pretty, pretty brilliant. One more thing I'm going to leave you with before we end the two-year anniversary special would be the closure of, that's right, the closure of Spinfish, Spinfish? Spinfish Pokey House. Spinfish Pokey House. It's a chain. I'm not sure if it's only around here in Southern California, but it is a chain of Pokey restaurants. And they literally closed overnight last night. They all completely closed. You can't go to Spinfish anymore. All the ones around Los Angeles are closed. And really, this is because of the oversaturation of Pokey stores around the market. I'm sure it's happening in your state as well. It's def It was definitely happening here in Southern California, and now it's diminishing. I like to call it the TCBY effect. TCBY effect. If you're not a millennial, you will understand what the hell I'm talking about, and that would be the oversaturation of, of stores in the market, and TCBY being the country's best yogurt, which was very popular in the 80s when everyone started building and expanding frozen yogurt shops and then it all crashed to the ground and nobody in the 90s wanted frozen yogurt ever ever uh, and really that's the tcby effect we see it with all the things is it, my wife and i were talking about it. it's the cupcake effect it's the coffee shop effect in the 90s all these coffee shops popped up and couldn't and then starbucks was the clear winner and the cupcake you know we we had all these cupcake shops around los angeles and now like sprinkles is really the only like chain that that's that's still around and that's just what happens too much poke. Too much poke in the marketplace. Uh, all right. Wall fans, common sensors, social media world podcast consumers. That is going to do it for episode 74 of Go Tell to the Wall podcast. Also, our two-year anniversary special. Thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for supporting. And make sure you use common sense, uh, especially pertaining to all of those things that we talked about tonight, uh, especially because it was recently Mental Health Awareness Day. Uh, day of the girl all these things very near and dear to my heart personally and they should be near and dear to yours because it's just common sense uh, make sure you follow us on the social platforms on twitter at tell the wall pod and at magic muppet at tell the wall pod and at magic muppet follow both those you can also find us on facebook facebook.com slash go tell to the wall like our page follow us there additionally you can find us on youtube make sure you head on over to youtube search go tell to the wall subscribe to our channel Comment on the videos. Do all of the things. Have fun with it. Do whatever you want or don't. Whatever. It's all good. Uh, most importantly, head over to SeanO'RourkeLive.com. We'll take you to all those things I just mentioned as well as our Patreon page, our Indiegogo campaign, and content that you're not going to find anywhere else. Blog posts, photos, and all that good stuff. Uh, again, SeanO'RourkeLive.com. And like I said, thank you all for joining. I was uh, I was very much reminiscing today about sitting in a very, very, very small room uh, in, in my old house, uh, which was actually soon going to be a room for my daughter, but not really because we were planning on moving, but, but, and, and having to, to set up my computer, to set up a microphone, set up a GoPro like in the corner, just not having a real setup, and I was reminiscing on that and, and kind of how, and not even knowing what the fuck I was doing. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I, you know, I, I have a background in, in recording and, and voiceover and, and live event hosting. So sitting in front of a microphone, yeah, that's no problem. But when it comes to getting that content out there, all that was new to me. Uh, and all, that, all of it was very, very new to me. And with the help of some friends and some supporters, we were able to, to make this happen uh, and build it to 
to uh, the 10,000 listener podcast. Uh, that's what we've gotten to. Uh, so please, with your help, we will continue to grow. Uh, hopefully, we will be having a three-year anniversary episode, four-year, five-year, six-year, 20-year. Who knows? Maybe I'll be dead by then. I don't know. Uh, maybe the Orange Menace will nuke the entire Earth by then. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, but thank you for your support. It does mean everything uh, to me and to everybody that has, that touches this show uh, in, in, in any form whatsoever. Uh, so on that note, uh, on that note, we will be back next week. Same wall place, same wall time for the live feed. For those of you subscribed to the audio, it doesn't matter. Uh, but remember, wall fans, common sensors, social media world, podcast consumers, no matter what you do, no matter where you go, no matter who you're with, no matter why you are doing it, always, always use common sense.